my wife almost died during COVID. Devin was feeling like crap, like complete crap. Woke up in the middle of the night and she was like hallucinating. So we open the door and there's a nurse standing there with a clipboard. My wife's in there, she's in a gown. My mother-in-law's right here and I'm right here. And she goes, only one of you can go inside. You said you hate masks, right? Yeah. You absolutely hate them. I hate them. Do you have any they empathy don't work. for anybody that still wears them? Trump pulls it out of this dossier and he starts reading it back to me. And I eviscerate Trump in this post. Do you think in my wildest dreams that when I wrote that about him, I would be sitting across the table from him while he read it back to me. She's reading it to me, and finally I'm so mad. I just stand on my feet, and I'm like, Sir, Mr. President, with all due respect, everything you're reading about me in that dossier is a lie. Except for that. Except for that. I did say that. I, I did write that. And I please explain. I get really passionate when I'm talking. Please do. Me too. It'll blow your I mind get passionate out. about about things that I probably shouldn't get passionate about, but I do anyway. Like, remember when that whole Hawaii thing came on? Like, I had uh, I had like three people here with me, and all these dudes are like super like like I have I'm an open book. Like I don't I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about my opinion. Yeah. And uh, that'll serve you I've well. Been, Run for office. <laughs> I've been pretty vocal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That'll, that'll serve you well. And all these guys are looking at me like, is this guy really going there? And I'm like, oh, they're like, are you sure you want to? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's my podcast. I can talk about whatever I, I want. I do what I want. Right? <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, excuse the rant, but welcome to the Failure Podcast. I am your host, Austin. We are here with a very special guest today, guys. And I told you before I started this podcast that I was extremely nervous for this guest. You, I don't know why. Like your daughter works for me. I feel like I should call you mom or something. <laughs> a lot but, of people do. <laughs> but I don't know why I was so nervous to talk to you because you're such a down to earth person. Like we've been chatting here for about 15 minutes since you rolled through. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm excited to to hear your your opinions on many things. Um, Heidi St. John, thank you. Thank Let's you for go. being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Battleground, man. That's where my homeboys are. I love it. I love it. It's It feels good to represent. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. you know, like yeah. I was out uh, with some friends the other day and they were like, are you the failure podcast guy? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude. And I, we were like out up in the sticks, like wheeling and doing stuff with our trucks. And it just like felt so cool to be able to represent something. So like, I don't know, yeah. hometowny vibe. Yeah. Like, it's these, cool. Yeah, I know. We're not that far from Barrel Mountain either. Life no. is good. Life is good. Yeah. They have a beer about that, I think. Oh, they have a trail bill, a trail builder. They have there. a trail builder. And they have one that's something called Life's Good, I think. Uh, no Bad Days. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. I, I got you. They were my initial sponsor, actually. No kidding. Yes. I like those guys. Um, You should go talk to... Uh, oh, wow, this is going to sound really bad. I forget his name. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. Anyway, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, anyway. He's uh, a nice guy. I want to dive right into this. And one of the most... like For those of you that don't know Heidi, Heidi, uh, you're an author. You're a speaker. You're a podcaster. You have 20, you just showed me 23 million downloads, guys. Like that is unreal. Yeah. Uh, you, I am, I'm excited to soak up every ounce of knowledge I can from you today. You also have seven kids, grandkids. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought the last guy I had did a lot. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're about to put him to shame. <laughs> have you met Dr. Brady? No. You need to meet him. Oh, I will uh, introduce like you. Like the Brady Bunch, Brady? No. Oh. <laughs> He's I a, mean, that's like my speed, you know, uh, in the 70s. The Brady Bunch? I like the Brady Bunch. Heck yeah. My mom I grew up on the Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Come on. So how do you do it? 
I mean, that's a very broad question, but you have to one half, uh, probably pretty good head on your shoulders to be able to manage all that stuff. What is, uh, where do you even start? Uh, I think you start with, with passion. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, I'm, I'm one of those people that just, I care. Everything's interesting to me. Okay. So I am interested in a lot of different things, but I think I always tell people, could we get asked, you know, all the time? Cause you, you didn't even mention the homeschool resource center, which is the nation's first and largest, uh, of its kind anywhere in the world. Okay. Right so here in, right on here that. in what, Vancouver. What, it's cause if, listen, if I would have said everything you did, we'd be here for weeks. <laughs> okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, we, so we homeschool our kids yeah. and we, um, about 20, Five years ago, my husband and I started a nonprofit organization that had like homeschool cooperatives. So like on Fridays, kids had a place to go and we did classes together. It was really cool. We eventually planted over a hundred of them around the United States, a couple in Canada, a couple in Germany. Wow. And then um, in 2016, when Barack Obama issued his bathroom edict, the stupidity of the transgender movement and, you know, what is a woman and all that garbage. And now you can use whatever bathroom you want to. I looked at my husband. I'm like, is it going to get worse? Like the situation that's in the public schools is going to go from super bad to downright evil. Mm-hmm. And it has. Right. Yeah, and 100%. so we, um, we opened the homeschool resource center in 2017, totally a God thing. Like it's a God story from start to finish. A building was donated to us. Whoa. That's on 170 cool. down the street from the Y. Okay. And Applebee's, yep, right? Yep. Down over there. And uh, we ended up with, I mean, a couple thousand students. Kind of, it's really cool. Grew massively in COVID. And you're, and you're, and you're, you're doing this all in the midst of yeah. everything else. Running for do. Congress. I was running for Congress while we were doing this. Yeah. I forgot to say that too. Yeah. I ran for Congress. <laughs> I don't recommend it. That's, that's what I feel like actually. Uh, one, thank you for doing that. Thank you for thank creating you. that, that space for kids. Cause like as a parent, I plan to homeschool my kids. Yeah, do it. Don't um, don't send them to the government schools. No, no, I I won't. Ruin I, your kids. I I think there's a couple things that I would do. I I would do private school mm-hmm. depending on you know the financials, but not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that I struggle with. Even even now, my wife and I actually, you know, we're trying to still figure it. My kids are four and a half and one. You should and bring a half. them to seedlings. Come I to the center. Will I would love to. It's rad. So in so this last June, mm-hmm. we closed on a sixteen point four million dollar building off of Mill Plain. Do you know where the Evergreen Airfield used to be? Now there's a Hampton Inn and Suites there. Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, if you headed if you were heading east off the two hundred five on Mill Plain, okay, you go cross Chalk Love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. past Kaiser Permanente, horrible hospital. Yep. Keep going. Anyway. Um, Don't get me started on them. You know what? You know dude. what? I, dude, COVID, I got a story for you. Mm. And I forgot about this. I have not told this story on the podcast. And I've told, I, I had an episode with my wife where we tried to lay everything out. And I don't know how I forgot about this. Um, my wife almost died during COVID. She, uh, to, oh my makes me boiling I'm angry. telling you yeah. uh we she had gave birth to our first son anyway we 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 were one night at our house uh devin was feeling like crap like complete crap and like woke up in the middle of the night and she was like hallucinating um and i think i was still awake and she went to bed early and i was like taking care of other stuff anyway we took her temperature she had like 105 degree temperature mm. and woke up the next morning like we let her go to bed and, and this is the middle of COVID. This is in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Well, we just gave birth 
it, when it started. My yeah. son was born late 2019, so he was a COVID oh, wow. baby. So, yeah. It was the worst. Um, so she was breastfeeding at the time. Long story short, what ended up happening was she uh, they thought she had sepsis. So we took her to Car- uh, Kaiser, and she was in the, like, just like the, the, what do you call it? Not the, not the ER or anything. Cause we didn't know what was going on. Like at this urgent time. care. We took, thank you. Mm-hmm. We took her to urgent care. They drew her blood, did all of these things. And the doctor looked at her and he was like, listen, um, I think that you have sepsis, uh, and just straight told her to her face that that's what he thought that she had. Um, and which he was wrong by the way. Uh, then he goes, we're going to get an ambulance here right now. And we're going to direct you straight to the emergency room at Salmon Creek. Right. Like made this big freaking ordeal about it. Yeah. I am driving to the, uh, urgent care at this time. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is, I'm, I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Right. And my mother-in-law and my wife's sister are following her in the ambulance cause they wouldn't not let her take an ambulance. Mm-hmm. So we get charged for that. Yep. Then you're welcome. They get there. And the late, I would, uh, stick with me here. We get, we get into the ER room and she's not in the the ambulance anymore. They let her walk out of the ambulance, which I thought was the most absurd thing. Why the f- yeah, fuck yeah, would you yeah. put her, me in an ambulance yeah. and then just be like, uh, just cause you wanted to monitor money, her. Money, I get money. it. Whatever money. <laughs> so we open the door and there's a nurse standing there with a clipboard, uh, in the, in like those, like right when you walk into this hospital, right? My wife's in there. She's in a gown. My mother-in-law's right here, and I'm right here. Can I open this? Yes. Okay. Um, that's a Waterloo, by the way. If you never had one, they're yummy. I have. I mean, that's a backwoods dreamsicle beer. Funny, it tastes like a Waterloo. <laughs> that one's blackberry <laughs> lemonade. Um, so that we're in this like little room, right? And the nurse has this keyboard, and she goes, "Only one of you can go inside." Oh yeah. And Do I was not like, even get me. I. That that moment though. That was why a huge reason why I ran for Congress. Yeah, was because of all that stuff that we lived through. This unconstitutional stupidity. People died. My dad died in peace health during COVID. Did he? Oh yeah. That's horrible. I'm so sorry. After he was vaxxed and boosted, mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Do I look mad? I'm not mad. Whatever. You know these people are. You know so much for the Hippocratic oath. The medical establishment completely on its head. Mm-hmm. Right, and nobody trusts them anymore. So where does that leave you? You know, it, I mean, nowhere. I don't, no, I don't I mean, know. It's awful. It's awful what they, it's socialized medicine, right? I mean, Kaiser is the worst. We used to have Kaiser insurance and mm-hmm. we, we, um, cancel it. Yeah. Well, besides they're performing, you know, gazillions of, uh, radical mastectomies on little girls as young as 15 years old, uh, through their gender pathways clinic, because after all, you know, I mean, honestly, dude, Austin, you might be a girl. You should go get it checked out. You know, <laughs> you could be. I mean, Kaiser thinks you could be. Uh, that's crazy. Kaiser, Kaiser's, Kaiser's going to give you the option, dude. You could be a narwhal whale this Friday if you want to be. Yeah. I bet there's a surgery for that. Yeah. Dude, and then they I, just put I you don't. In a, put you in a tank. I don't understand. Call you a fish. I don't understand how any of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty one sided with with this for sure because I I feel like. Uh, even at, I don't know, I'm trying to understand what mindset you had to be in or you would have to be in as a kid it, yeah to make that decision right and like we we don't we don't just give our kids beer and just be like no. you decide no no you don't you well you don't give your kid a driver's license right. you don't let them decide if they you know when they're eight years old do you want to go into the military mm. 
you know, if we do, we're just going to send you a sack lunch and, you know, here's the front line. See ya. Like you wouldn't do that, but this is not about that. Yeah. Right. So this is the, this is the, what I call the hostile takeover of our country. It's happening in our schools and our kids are in the front lines. So how do you deal with, we'll just call it the other, with the opposite uh, opinion um, I mean, you being in the spotlight, you going and running for Congress, everybody's looking at you. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle the pressure of knowing that there is people that probably wanted to kill you? I mean, I'm sure that you got like death threats oh, we of did. plenty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like how, how do I had you people deal with show up opposing? at my house? I mean, it was crazy. You know, I, I think so I get, this is a worldview issue, right? So everybody looks at the world through a particular lens. Mm. I look at the world through the lens of faith. And to me, that these are there are right and wrong. There's good and evil, mm. and there's a lot of people that don't believe in good and evil. There's a lot of people that believe that people are inherently good. Well, the Bible teaches us that people are inherently bad. Mm. You don't have to teach your toddler to be a brat. She just is a brat. You have to teach her to share. You have to teach her to be gentle, right? You have to teach uh, your kids to be good, or because our bent is toward evil, right? Right. And I saw this up close and personal. Uh, in my run for Congress. And I, I believe that the stakes are so high now in this country because we've abandoned truth, right? So we've decided that truth no longer exists. So you can have, so that's the the truth of Oprah Winfrey, right? So you have your truth and I have my truth and who's to say what truth is. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's no such thing as truth, this is why we've gotten rid of male and female, right? This is why about around high school, such a mess, Mm -hmm. right? We got, we, we just have abandoned truth. And so when that happens, and we don't have enough people out there defending it. This is why COVID made me so angry because I knew immediately something's not right. Yeah. Something's not right. We ne- when do we ever deal with, with the viruses this way? Are you joking me? Really? You, six feet? Really? Who, mm-hmm. Whose rule is that? Show me the science. Well, they didn't show you the science. And because we have now for generations educated kids to just obey the rules. Yeah. Bell rings, get up out of your desk, you know, raise your hand. You got, you know. Stand on, on command. This is this, our whole education system. And this is a conversation I suppose for another time, maybe, but our whole education system is based on oppression model of education It's communism Mm -hmm. in our schools. And what, what did the Prussians do? Well, the Prussians coming off of the heels of the Napoleonic wars, having lost miserably, went back and said, what did you do different that we can do? Well, they educate their kids from the time they're seven years old, that when somebody barks an order at you, you just stand up and obey. Well, we saw this in Safeway. Get off the sticker, dude. Oh. Six feet. You got to go this way down the rice roni aisle at Walmart now or somebody's going to scream at you. Don't you see the arrows going that way? They don't even know why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They've just been told that that's what you do. So no no logic, no critical thinking. Uh, our kids are that way, mm-hmm. right? We have generations now, adults that way, right? Yeah. And uh, to me, there has to be a generation because we are surrounded by lies. COVID was a lie, by the way. COVID was a lie. The masks were a lie. Mm-hmm. The stickers were a lie. The six feet rule was a lie. It was all a lie. The The vaccine was a lie. What do you say to the people that have like, uh, like these long COVID things that are dealt with? I like- think COVID's, I think COVID's real, but the way they dealt with it was a lie. Yeah. You know, who do you think you are? Tell me I can't open my business for real. Like I can't yeah. open my business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So we, we break the, 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 the law, the laws of nature and nature's God by mm-hmm. saying that we've, We've decided that this thing is real. And by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but the Wall Street Journal just came out with an article about Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians, last week. They said, oh, hey, by the way, 
uh, there was no actual science behind the six foot rule. And he's apologized for it. I did see this. I did see this. The guy's a creep. He's yeah. a liar. And everything we did was based on that guy. Well, I think to, I, if we if we go down this rabbit hole, though, I you love can't, rabbit holes. I'm fine with it. We can go down whatever rabbit hole you want. <laughs> but it's so much deeper. Like everything you just said is completely surface level to the truth of yeah. when it comes to the deep state and oh, what is controlling yeah. the government. Yeah. You think Biden's like, in charge of the country? No, they're all just players. No, they're just players. Yeah. And you can see it. Here's this guy who can't string two coherent sentences together. And he's supposed to be the leader of the free world. Oh, okay. It doesn't make any sense. No, they're right? not going to run him in November either. No. Well, and if they do. He might get suicided by the Clintons, but they're not going to run him. If if they do, you know that it's all just, it's a, one, it's 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 going to end up being a plot of some sort, yeah, a yeah, play. Yeah. But, um. Okay, so you ran for Congress. When you ran, was it yeah. COVID that, uh, like, when did you start to see, like, the, we'll just call it the corruption of mm-hmm. the government in, internally? Like, what were, is there anything that you could talk well, about I, that? Like, I mean, I've seen it for years in the school system. So, I mean, there's that, right? Go go look up, like, Chris Reichdahl, the, the uh, head of uh, the Oregon, you know, superintendent of public instruction, OSPI. These guys are corrupt. Right? And... Inslee. I mean, mm-hmm. we could go on and on, but my frustration and the thing that really got me running for Congress was when our elected official, Jamie Herrera Butler voted to impeach the president. Mm. And I just thought that is unconstitutional in this country. We're innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. Sure. You don't impeach somebody on a hunch. Right. And it was kind of a, a series of things. And by the way, interesting fun facts, I'd note, mm-hmm. So I ran against Jamie Herrera Butler, having never met her. I voted for her a yeah. bunch of times over the years. But Jamie and I have become friends. Okay. And so um, I'm actually having dinner with her next Friday. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to get a so picture funny. and put it up on social media. And like all of the hardcore, super hardcore, so far right, their left Republicans will lose their minds when they see me with Jamie. Because they'll be like, oh, we knew it. We knew it. She was in cahoots with her the whole time. Really, I just met her. Sure. And she came to the homeschool resource center and said, I don't want to pick my kids in the public school. Yeah. What would you think if I enrolled my kids in your program? Uh-huh. Well, I just ran against you. And you could argue I'm the reason why you don't have a seat in Congress anymore. But let's talk. Sure. Um, it turns out we have a lot in common, as we should. Mm-hmm. There were some decisions that she made politically that I disagreed with. And so, as we should do in this country. But that doesn't make you any less of humans. No, and we're not enemies either. And that's the other thing. The Republican Party, particularly in Clark County, Mm -hmm. but I think this is largely true in the state of Washington and around the country, uh, has a lot of people in it that are, you know, they they want to rule by mob tactic. And I'm... I'm not about it, you know. That's just people, though. That's that's people who, I think, aren't willing to educate themselves. Oh, the the mob truly. the mob tactic comes from laziness. It comes from people going, "Hey, like, oh, it's easy for me to just vote red because that person is there without having it." And and yeah. I'm I want to follow my my next buddy. You know what I mean? But you don't want to be. Mindful but they don't want to do their homework. Exactly. They don't want to do their homework. And uh, and this race, I mean, the the election uh, of 2022 was so eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. So many things I thought about the Republican Party are not true. Sure. And, you know, there's, I heard, I think it was Dennis Prager said that there are two, we have a two-party system in the United States. We have the the evil party, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrats, and we got the stupid party, <laughs> the Republicans. Sure. And we just love to lose. The Republicans just love to lose. You know, we can talk about 
election fraud all day long. Notice mm-hmm. that the Republicans don't scream and yell when they win. They mm-hmm. only scream and yell when they lose. They yeah. lose and it's election fraud. They win and it's like, look how amazing we're changing the country. Red wave. You know, mm-hmm. if, if they had gotten, you know, if they'd gotten what they wanted, then they would have called, they would have claimed the red wave and they wouldn't have questioned the result. I'm not saying there's no cheating in the system. I'm old enough to remember, like probably you are, the hanging chads in Florida and all the stupidity that we've lived through sure. in elections around the country now for decades. So do people cheat? Yes. Uh, are people inherently bad? Yes. <laughs> do people cheat? But yeah. uh, but is that the reason why we're losing? No, we're losing because we can't get our act together and we can't move. One thing Democrats do better than Republicans, hands down, every time, bar none, generations now, is they walk in lockstep. They're the king and queens of groupthink, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the great things about the Republican Party is we we don't do groupthink. But at some point, you have to do a little groupthink. Right. <laughs> at some point, you have to go, how, ten, how do we win? You know, sure. how do we win? But we have got, you know, people who claim to be Republicans are like, you know, spike balls. You throw, roll them down a hill and they just take out everything that the, everything that's in their path. Mm-hmm. And it's happening again. I'm watching it happen right now. Yeah. yeah here it's, in, it's, in CD3. So it's it's hard. Um, I think, uh, you know, just as, as an outsider, too, as somebody who sits on the I, I just have seen myself completely and utterly get away from any and all labels and parties yeah. at this point in my life. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I, I that's strictly because now, like, you can't trust anyone no, or anything that anyone says. The internet makes it so easy to find yeah, whatever yeah. right answer you want to find. Right. It's true. And it's frustrating. It's yeah. like when I want, I, I can't even look up, like, something so simple without finding six different true answers. Yeah, it's very, that's absolutely right. And then you got the Biden administration. Remember when he first came into office and he put together the ministry of truth, you know, do, 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 do. You know, it's like a, a, a Justin Trudeau, right? Mm-hmm. The communist dictator of Canada. Which and he now just had something happened to him too, right? He's, he, he just got like his position removed. I thought Trudeau. Yeah. What? Well, he, he was, uh, Sorry. The prime minister? Yeah, no, he because they just found him guilty of of some I don't know what it is. That I, guy, he's guilty of a lot of things, out, man. I I'm telling look you, look it up. I will look it up. I I'm surprised I that you haven't heard about it. I haven't. I've and I've traveled. My husband and I, you know, travel quite a bit because mm-hmm. I speak for a living, and we've been a bunch of times to Canada, um, and in, up up to in Toronto. And this yeah. was maybe six or seven or eight years ago. I was speaking in Toronto. And I was talking to them. I'm like, you guys, if you don't, if you don't stop just kowtowing to your government, you're not going to be free anymore. Mm. And this was long before I ran for Congress. And one of the pastors of the church came to me and said, you can't talk like that in Canada. They'll arrest you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my word. So much for Whoops. the, well, so much for the Canadian charter, which is worth about as much as the paper apparently that it's printed on, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so uh, to me, the country, you know, politics is downstream from culture. The culture's on fire. Yeah. You look what's happening down at the southern border and then you got, you know, boats of illegals coming onto the shores of La Jolla and Laguna Beach and San Diego. And what the heck is going on? These are not your tired, tired, huddled masses. Mm-hmm. These are military age men. Will you tell me what's going on? I think I think people I, are on to it. On. Yeah, I think people are on to it now. Yeah, we're going to so, have uh, everybody's going to watch their back for the next five years. And all these people wrong. are just sitting there hiding in their little apartments. Yeah, you're not wrong. And yeah. We're going to have another 9-11 on our hands. And I say we try Biden and every Democrat in office right now for crimes against the country because that's really what's happening right now. I ran for Congress because I love Washington State. Yeah, I ran for Congress because my grandkids are being raised in Camas. 
I, I ran for Congress because I don't like to see the, the Constitution of the United States being disregarded. I think most of the people in our in our government right now and right down here locally, I would say the same thing is true. They don't understand jurisdiction. They're wildly outside of their jurisdiction, mm-hmm. right? The founding fathers are rolling in their graves at what's happening to our country. You know, I think America's, Washingtonians, any, anybody, any anybody in America needs to really sit right now and think about I think, I, I mean, as, as most of us, I think I feel like I'm doing right now, which is just like really, really thinking deeply about what's, what do you, what do you want to see this country turn into? Yeah. And I think most people like think that it's just going to play out for them mm-hmm. and that they're not a piece of it. And people are, have, have spent so long, so many years just letting things happen for them mm-hmm. because that is what they want, which is for you to just be a piece of this puzzle that they can control school system, dude. And now we're in this position where we're going like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you can control, we all can control this if we come together. Mm -hmm. But the problem is everybody just thinks so narrow mindedly and Mm -hmm. isn't willing to look. Everything's conspiracy. Everything is so far fetched that it couldn't be possible. Well, we all said that at the beginning Mm -hmm. of COVID hundred percent. Yeah. We all said that, that people, and, and, and there's still people that will deny it. Which, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. There's still, I walked into a, a coffee shop yesterday and I respect people for wanting to wear masks, but I don't this, this like do, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. I, I don't respect it. I, I get it as you shouldn't you. That's fine. But like I, well, let me say this. Let me say, let me correct my statement. I respected people during that, uh, out of fear for doing years. whatever the fuck you wanted to do yeah. during, during COVID at this point I'm, I'm going like, one it made me feel i'm like why should why am i is there something wrong with me also also you know for sure that that guy standing next to you with the mask on is the guy who called who called who called you in or the guy that turned my business in because we didn't have masks on during covid these are the guys that are so ruled by fear that their fear caused them to turn on their fellow citizens we saw it right here in battleground right remember the remember the uh the sheriff who i don't think is around anymore but the the guy who put up the the tattletale site here and they're like, if you see more than four cars in your neighbor's house, here's where you turn them. Here's where you turn them in. No, I I didn't know. Yeah. That. Well, they had to take it down because they uh, people were sending in uh, pictures that were less than appropriate. <laughs> you want to see my neighbor's car? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Let's go. <laughs> take that. Think, That's funny. I think the police department was like, oh hey wait. Uh, it's probably you know, going to work out in our well, favor. Well, I try something different. Well, I, people were just like, come on. I mean, that's Nazi Germany. That's what they did. I mean, you know, look up Corey Tenboom, what happened to her family. She got turned in by a guy who was supposed to be her friend. And what they what they did in uh, in COVID was they weaponized the people against each other mm-hmm. over a virus with a ninety nine point nine percent survival yeah. rate. It's it's still it's still a thing, too. It's still there is we all have PTSD from it. That's yeah. why. I remember my husband and I traveling. I don't know where we were. I tried really hard not to not to travel when during that because people were so. Tra- in fact, we bought a motorhome mm. and just started driving. And uh, one time we were at, at PDX. And I mean, seriously, dude. Like I hate, 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 hate the mask thing. Like I have a visceral reaction to it. It makes me so angry because I a I know it doesn't work, and mm-hmm. b I can't breathe. And, and, and see, why is it any of your business if I have a mask on or not? So all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, and by the way, you're infringing on my constitutional right. And when I go to PDX, the big sign above PDX says, you know, wear your mask, it's federal, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, do laws go through Congress? Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait, no one knows that because the school system. We had, uh, 
we had an entire vegan community go against us for giving our employees the choice in what they wanted to do. <laughs> I gave them the choice. The and vegans, of course the, they did. So we are, we have a vegan breakfast bagel here, right? <laughs> Good for you. And my wife at the time was vegan. Uh, she came to her senses. She having meat now. Oh, you what we had for dinner last night? <laughs> 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 no, nah, we. Uh, she was at the time. Uh, we both kind of were. We were like, ha- we just weren't eating so much dairy. Yeah. We were trying to stay away from red meat. We were. We were what we would call freegans. Dude, all um, the meat. Yeah. I feed, want all the it. meat. Yeah. Now, it's really bad. We just got a meat box today, actually, from a local Steak. local guy. Yeah. To, I, I want to get him on here, actually. Come on. So we I had get a, my meat local too. We'll compare notes moreover. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. Uh, I I did I hated it too, and I hated the feeling of just somebody like like I felt like I was being controlled at this point because you were and I couldn't go anywhere without wearing it. So Costco, uh, I've told the story once before, but I didn't air it. Right, we get a lot of our products from Costco. Yeah, uh, our our you know our bagels. Dude, stuff, Costco was like, my happy place <sighs> until COVID. Yeah, I had a I had a guy chase me around with a camera. Me too. Yeah. And you know what? The funny thing is, after this guy got in my face, recorded the entire thing, uh, I saw him a year later come into my coffee shop, walk in the front doors. Mm. Dude, dude, I had to have not have known, right? But at this point, like, I recognize, because I will never forget that moment. No, of course not. Like, it was the it's most... It's a core memory now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, my wife was terrified. Yeah. This guy's in my face, like... Why aren't you wearing a mask? And I'm like, dude, you were the one. You were you were 20 feet that way, and you get, saw me and charged me. Like you're yeah, clearly get away like, from me for real. I just what I started saying to people, get away from me. So I I let him. <laughs> I wanted to say get out of here. Yeah, no like, joke. Get the you know I wanted to tell the dude off, but I said you know what? Wait a second, hold on. This would be way cooler if I make him a really gross. No, I can't say this actually. <laughs> if I if I he purchases something from my business. Yeah. Um. And I took his money and I did never saw him since, but <laughs> I played it totally cool. Like I was like, Hey Dude, man, it's, it's it rough going? though. And that's what I mean about, you know, that's why you have that visceral reaction right now when you see people in the masks, because you know, if they're still wearing a mask, they were the super crazies in COVID. They were the ones that were chasing me down in the meat aisle at Safeway and yelling at me and all the things. And the, and the, the stuff that happened to us in the airport, absolutely unbelievable. It was just oh, unbelievable. Bet. And it shows you though, it kind of goes back to my original point. Like people are not inherently good. They're just not. And so to me, all the stuff, I mean, I guess it comes back to sort of what you'd asked me when we first started, which is how do we do all, I mean, (laughs) how how do we get to like COVID and the conspiracy theories and you know, that's okay. The constitution and all the things. But, uh, I think, you know, it's passion that drives it. I have seven kids. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are coming up on our 35th wedding anniversary this year. That's amazing. And it matters to me. Where I live, yeah, and it matters that it matters that my kids have good alternatives to this to the broken woke government education system that we're all suffering with right now. It matters to me that we have good representation. Which, by the way, everybody's focused on the federal races, and our cities are dying because of local local leaders. They're not dying because right. of federal leaders. They're dying because of local. The country's dying because of federal leaders. Mm-hmm. But the local means yes, yeah. the local like who's on your city council. I can tell you a couple knuckleheads right now. They need to need to get off. Mm-hmm. But if people don't engage and you don't know who's running and you don't know what they stand for and you don't know who they are, then it doesn't make any difference. Well, it's it's woke a lot of people up for sure. Do you empathize with anybody? Let's let's say you you said you hate masks, right? Yeah, you absolutely hate. Them. I hate them. Do you have any? They empathy don't work for anybody that's still wears them like do you empathize with them? i would empathize with someone who is terminally ill 
I will, but I, I have no, I have no, to me, it's a mental illness at this point. I have no empathy for somebody who's perfectly healthy and is just trying to make a statement. I mean, okay. it, to, to me, the mask now is a political statement. You don't think it's a fear, it's fear-based? Well, I think, oh, I think some of it, sure, is fear-based, but I think it's, it's, it's probably 70% political. I mean, mm-hmm. you can tell, like, who's, who, who's the woke blue-haired person with the mask on on an airplane? I just sure, came home sure. yesterday from Phoenix. Okay. And uh, it's almost always political. And I, I'll and fear, like I can have. Listen, I mean, I don't want to sound like a total jerk. I can have compassion for somebody with a mask who's right. just like terrified. But part of me is just like, get help. I, I just want I to agree. say, get some help. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here in yeah. the sense that I want to understand, you know, what because what goes through my head is, is I at this point, and I, I'm not, it's not even just about masks. It's anybody that takes that point in time of our life. Yeah. And now Seriously. we have to relive it over and over like, and over we again. We all got played like totally. like fiddles for so long. And there is no part of me that would trust anything that comes out of these people's mouth at this point. No. And so I, that's why I say, how much empathy do you have? Because I feel like we weren't in a, in a position as as somebody who is not in the political sphere, yeah. like, like me, as somebody who was like, yo, I'm a business owner. I had to fight for my shit. To keep my business no, open. No, we did too. Well, keep in mind, we run the Homeschool Resource Center. For sure. For so sure. I got 1,200 students there. You, you dealt with the same thing. I'm and not so saying I dealt didn't. with the same thing. And what happened to us was, and these these ridiculous arbitrary rules, who the heck does the governor of Washington think he is that he can come and take my livelihood away from me? No, sir, you don't get to do that, right? So we have this thing in this country called due process. Mm-hmm. But it just went out the window in COVID because, hey, you know, you might die. Well, pe- people also, they're, the majority of the public that doesn't run businesses like you and I or, or isn't in that sphere doesn't realize the actual, like, the, it wasn't a joke. No. Like, we didn't, like, I got, I got phone calls day after day, people coming into my business day after day threatening to I close know. me down and too. find me. Yeah, we did So too. you can't tell me that this was not a play or prod, like... Like people are like, no, you're just fibbing. Dude, it was a you're power being, trip. It was, it was so an bad. absolute power trip. So bad. And I, I'm telling you what, if this ever happens again, I was just talking to a business owner the other day. I'm not going to say who it is, but um, she owns a kind of a smallish business mm. in Clark County. And she's like, Heidi, I know you're going to disagree, but if they do it again, I'm going to make my people wear masks again. I said, Why? Why would you do that after everything we lived through? And she's like, I can't afford to lose my business. I can have sympathy for that, but it makes me so flippin' angry. What? It makes me so angry because it's about control. It was never about the science. It was never about your health. It was never no they had no concern for you or for me at right, all. Right. It was it was how far can we push these people and how how high can we make them dance? Mm-hmm. Right. So if the government says, Hey, jump over there and you don't jump, that's fine. We'll find you. Yep. You know, run and jump now, sucker. Oh, you won't do it now? Okay, that's fine. You know, we'll send L and I out after you. We'll weaponize. We'll weaponize the the medical community in Washington. That's what they did. They I had it happen to me. Yeah, they threatened to take my business license and right. find me Shame ten thousand dollars a day. Yeah, I I I'm sorry. This is Heidi Saint John. I do not forgive these people. Yeah, you I can. do not forgive these people. I do not trust them, and I want them out of office. Mm-hmm. And until unless and until normal people who have such a thing as common sense begin to again. Look as the founding fathers did at our as our country. This is why I ran for Congress because guess what? You know, Austin, you and I are sitting here. We have a duty. We don't know anything in this country about duty, mm-hmm. right? We're consumers. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Right. But we don't realize that we're we're losing our freedom one devastating little piece of legislation at a time. We're losing our freedom. You're losing your life. Yes. And so what I'm hoping is that more people will begin to engage in the political. So I know it's terrible. And yes, people are awful. And yes, I had my life threatened. And all kinds of crazy things happened to me. By the way, by fellow Republicans. Wow. Right? That's the worst part. Yeah. 
but but I think we can't give up. Mm-hmm. So I'm not giving up, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out there. I'm gonna keep fighting. I mean, I had so many <laughs> during COVID. I was filming out in front of Barrel Mountain. <laughs> And I was just watching people walking up and down the street with their stupid masks on. And I was mm. like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? I mean, you're outside. What yeah. do you, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it I realized it's a fear. Heidi, no, I'm going to take, that takes balls. I don't have those. I'm a woman. Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I couldn't have like teed you up for that one any better, <laughs> but you, uh, God, what I, Okay, that is that is some courage that you you have to have. I want I want to talk about you a little bit here. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about you the whole time, but um, <laughs> COVID though, you're passionate. And I love that, and so am I. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your ability to handle again, and how ha- and how you deal with the pressure of mm-hmm. being in those positions and in that position that you're talking about. You're on the side of the street, like this fear of judgment that most people have. Like how what type of headspace do you have to be in to think that like what I'm doing, like not be afraid? You know, how do you have well, the courage to do I, that? I, you know, my grandmother used to tell me you can do anything, just do it afraid, you know? Mm. So courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the decision to, to act in the face of it. That's courage. And if you look at what's happening in the culture, you and I both know that we're surrounded by lies. You know that a man can't turn into a woman, right? You know that you intrinsically know. Sure. that this is a lie and yet it's in our schools. Well, the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth and bold truth requires courage. It is a requirement. If we're going to move the needle, if we're going to change anything, if we really care about what's happening around us and I happen to really care about it. And so, so do you think though, like was I terrified? Yes. You, you, you don't run, you don't just simply run for Congress. I mean, I, People wrote terrible articles about me. They said that my my husband and I had been divorced. They said that our business, the Republican Party, uh, accused us of uh, basically um, extorting money out of our own nonprofit organization. It's a it's a um, it's a nasty business. But my grandkids live here. Yeah. You know, and at some point. So that's your motivator. Oh my goodness! I mean, I just I happen to love Washington State. You know, I mean, forgive me, but I happen to love the greatest nation on the face of the earth that people died and bled out on the fields of Normandy. So we could have, we could be free. You know, why, when are we going to care enough about that? And so I, I guess I do have kind of an interesting, um, uh, I mean, I, I'm willing to jump in. I mean, you know, jump in where other people are afraid to go. Uh, probably, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Just ever since you were a kid or like that? Um, just... Well, so inter- fun fact about me. So I, I grew up in a really um, unhappy home uh, in Oregon. My father, what my father was um, abused by his dad, who was an alcoholic. My dad abused me. I mean, like the police came to our house, all kinds of crazy. I mean, I, I mean, my dad abused me in the actual sense of the word, not like, you know, the, the poor kids that get on, you know, social media and go, my mom took my tootsie roll. Now I'm calling the police, right? This, this was not my reality. Um, and so I grew up in a, in a really hard environment, tough environment. And, uh, when I started, when I got married and started having kids, I realized I have no frame of reference to even be a good mother. Um, and I certainly didn't know what a healthy marriage looked like. And I have spent a lifetime I and mean, I just happened to be married to you know, the most extraordinary human being on the face of the earth. And, and God brought him to me. I mean, it takes me, it takes me, you know, I'm, I'm back full circle. I believe that there's a God and I, and I believe what I read in God's word to be true because the principles are found in the Bible are trustworthy. And so I, I stake my life on it. 
and we built a life on that. But that fire that's in me uh, has always been there. Yeah, It's always been there, you know? And so for me, whether it's, you know, pushing through a writing deadline while I'm running for Congress, this is a fun fact. So I'm finishing a book. So I finished my ninth book while I was running for uh, CD3. The day that that book was due, it's the end of September, end of August for September. I can't remember. You can tell I'm getting far enough away from it now. <laughs> Pretty soon I'll be like, what year was that, yeah. honey? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I got a phone call, I think from the Seattle Times. And I'm standing at my desk, you know, just typing furiously, trying to meet this deadline. And uh, they said, hey, uh, Trump just endorsed your opponent. We want to get a statement from you. Hmm. And it was like somebody socked me in the stomach. And can we get a statement? I was like, no, I actually don't have a statement. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of it. And so you don't want a statement from me right now, believe yeah. me. And shortly after that, you know, my phone started uh, ringing off the hook. But it's a, it's a core memory for me because I had a choice to make, you know. And you choose based on what you know in your heart to be right and what you know to be true. And I believe that we are living in an extraordinary moment in certainly in our, our nation's history, but we live in an extraordinary moment for so many things for whether or not we're going to stand or whether we'll fall. And it's going to be found in whether or not we we are surrounded by men and women of courage and integrity. We have no integrity. Our leaders have no integrity. It grieves me. You know, I know people running for office. I know Republicans who have no integrity. And, uh, and we, we're, we're having conversations in this country that a hundred years ago would have been unthinkable. Mm-hmm. But yet here we are. Right. And it will it will require courage. You know, you stand up to the next pandemic, you better have courage. You better think about it now. You know, we got blindsided by that sucker. So fool me once, right? Shame on you. Mm-hmm. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Right. What was going through your head when you got that phone call? Well, I knew that that Trump's endorsement of my opponent was going to turn the race on its head. And it did. And I think had he not done that, I probably would have won the race because he didn't win it even with the endorsement. You know, mm-hmm. I, I came pretty darn close to beating him in the uh, in the primary. Yeah. But uh, I knew too much at that point. Like, I just am a person of, of principle. And they're going to say, you know, they're going to say, well, that's not true because you said you'd get out of the race. Yeah, I did. I said I'd get out of the race when you told me that you were a lifelong Republican who'd always voted Republican. And then I found out you weren't a lifelong Republican. You had not always voted Republican. And in fact, you voted for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Hey, hey, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. So I figure you get new information, you make a different decision, you know? For sure. And I made a different decision. I made the decision I felt was in the best interest of Washington state. And I'm not sorry about it. I did, the, I did the thing that I knew was the right thing to do, and that was to stay in there till the end. Um, Good for you. So, you know, Trump, I, I voted for Trump in 2016. I lost my literary agent over it. The, my literary agency fired me over my support of Trump. I got to meet him, um, sit down and have a you know, great hour-long conversation with President Trump. And that guy is very charismatic. You know, he walks into a room, and he just sucks the, the energy right out of it because it all goes to him. He's, yeah. he's a very interesting, very unique one of a kind human being. He also has the discernment of a jellyfish <laughs> and he has surrounded himself with unscrupulous, unwise. And I think sometimes, uh, 
uh, people who don't have good intentions. Sure. I think that's his biggest weakness. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, that phone call, uh, and I and that is when I really saw the nastiness in the Republican Party. After that, crazy. I mean, it's funny. I Trump interviewed me, you know, because I it was like a real life apprentice, right? <laughs> Sitting there, just me and just me and Trump. <laughs> I'm over here like nervous to talk to you, and you're like, yeah, I had an interview with Trump. Yeah, I had an interview with Trump. That is insane. I could not even. Jesus, Louise. It was it was it was nerve wracking, and I try bet. doing it in seven inch heels. Like try try that. Like yeah, no, don't because you're a man, dude, yeah. and you know that you're a man, so you don't need to wear heels. It's good, I good don't. for you, good I, on you. I do know that. I, yeah, I, I have a penis. Yeah. yeah, see, good on you. See, yeah. it's important. Uh, truth, it matters. <laughs> so I sit down with Trump, and he starts talking to me, and we're having this, you know, we're having a great conversation, right? And he pulls up a file folder, mm-hmm. like a you know, like a he opens it up and he goes. Uh, hey, I see that uh, you uh, you filed bankruptcy. He goes, how do you think you could protect the people of Washington State and take care of their money if you can't take care of your own? I said, well, I said, I didn't file bankruptcy. I, I think if I did, I would know. I didn't do that. Wow. And he was like, oh, okay. Next page. This went on for like 15 minutes. I see that you, so I can't remember what all they, I mean, everything he said about me in that dossier was a lie. Everything. Who is he? You're Trump. talking about? He, he, why would he do that? Because uh, I'm sure I don't know because I didn't have the energy or the time or the money to figure it out, but I have a pretty good idea who sent that to him. Mm. And it wasn't true. None of it was true. Her, okay, I but heard you, you and you your saying- husband are in marriage counseling. I hear, you know, you, th- all this stuff. And finally, finally he pulls out and I'm getting madder and madder because none like, of this stuff is this true. Well, it's just a lie. Yeah. And nobody, I mean, that's like the pot calling the kettle black, you know, nobody should know how bad it feels to be lied about more than that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, finally he pulls out this, this Facebook post that I wrote and like, Oh, I don't know, 20, 2015 maybe. Oh, no. And I eviscerate Trump in this post. I'm friends. <laughs> I'm friends with Ben Carson. Right. And I travel the circuit with Ben. I know Ben. Ben's a quality guy. Ben's got integrity. Yeah. And I was just like, this is a womanizing blah, blah, blah. I have 400,000 people that follow me on Facebook. A lot of people saw that post. Right. Trump pulls it out of this dossier and he starts reading it back to me. He's reading it to me. Do you think in my wildest dreams that when I wrote that about him, I would be sitting across the table from while he read it back to me? <laughs> Dude, for real. And he loves this stuff, right? He does. She's reading it to me. And finally, I'm so mad. I just stand on my feet and I'm like, sir, Mr. President, with all due respect. <laughs> Like everything you're reading about me in that dossier is a lie, except for that, except for that. I did say that I, I did write that. And can I please explain? And now he, like, he has kind of this impish grin on his face. Like he's enjoying it, you right. know, and his secretary is in there by this point. And he goes, okay, by all means explain. Now he's sitting and I'm standing cause I'm just so mad. And I said, sir, I'm sorry. I saw you come down that golden escalator and all I saw was a a reality TV star billionaire who wanted 15 more minutes in the sun. We didn't need someone like that. We needed a patriot. And as it turned out, I was wrong about you. You're a patriot. (laughs) That is so insane. And his secretary was just like, sir, Heidi Heidi actually wasn't alone. Lots of people feel that way. I mean, I'm probably mixing it up. It's been a long time, but that's the the gist of it. And he said, well, my, uh, he said, that uh, access, or access Hollywood piece probably didn't help, did it? And I said, no, it really didn't. Didn't help. And he kind of laughed a little bit. And I, I don't know how long it took me to sit back down, but I was so 
rattled by the whole thing. You know, here I am sitting with arguably who was the most powerful person on the face of the earth. And he's reading all these things to me that aren't true. And then he's reading my Facebook post back to him that I wrote about him. Super embarrassing. I could feel my face is hot. And, uh, wow. And he said, okay, I'm going to, I'll probably just stay out of the race. I probably won't make an endorsement until early next year. Yeah. And then I think it was September 1st, all the clear blue sky, right? The height of, right of the height of, uh, Joe Biden's stupid, you know, debacle in Afghanistan and people die because that guy Mm. and, uh, he endorsed my opponent. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) But I know to this day I was the right person for the job. And, and I feel like, you know, like my husband told me, you know, I won when I said yes. I won when I said yes. I put my money where my mouth is. I risked our business, our reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We lost a lot of money in that run for Congress because I speak for a living and I can't be two places at once. So I turned a lot of speaking engagements down Yeah, because to me, Washington state is worth fighting for. So that's why I did it. That's Heidi, that is a that is a really cool story. Like I, I'm I'm baffled. I did not. Uh, I I can't. I, don't, I couldn't imagine. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. <laughs> like I have been insulted. Like I have had people say some stupid shit about me, mm-hmm. and I have read a lot of stupid shit. But having Donald Trump <laughs> read that shit, and and I'm just I like I could not yeah. imagine what was going through your mind. Dude, I I was so I was completely blindsided, totally bewildered. But you want to hear the worst part? Okay, here do, there's it, actually does it get an end. Worse? Yes, there's an end of the story. You're joking me. No. Okay. So it turns out this is how crazy these politicians are. And this is why I always tell people, watch how someone campaigns, they'll govern the same way. If you're a yeah. sleazy campaigner, you'll be a sleazy governor. Okay. Right? Uh there is another Heidi St. John in Washington State. Mm. And she doesn't live here anymore, but she used to live in Roy. And she and apparently uh, she, she did file for bankruptcy. Apparently she is divorced. These guys mm. lifted her information off the internet and they gave it to Trump and passed it off as if it were me. Wow. They knew it wasn't me. They knew wow. it wasn't me. She has my same middle name. There's another, there's another Heidi St. John in, in Washington state with my middle name. You should meet her and just, what be are like, the hey, odds? Could you like change your middle name or something? Isn't yeah. that crazy? <laughs> but it just shows you like they're willing to lie about me. A fellow Republican, and try to ruin my reputation in front of President Trump. What yeah. a rotten thing to it's do. That's terrifying. That's so terrifying. So then everyone's like, why didn't you get out of the race? Because I know the caliber of the guy I'm running against. That's why. Mm-hmm. And I don't want him representing Washington State. Do you? Right? Yeah. yeah. And so it matters. Like character matters. Integrity matters. Uh, and I gave it everything I had. And I'm proud of the race that we ran. Are you going to go again? Are you going to run again? Well, I mean, if I felt like God was asking me to run again, I would. But right now I'm focused on... Uh, working with my husband at the homeschool resource center and trying to find ways to, to make difference. We have started, um, a non, a nonprofit, a 501c, not a, a nonprofit. Yeah, I guess it is. What's a 501c4. It's called firmly planted action. Okay. And we're going to start, um, vetting candidates and trying to get churches, especially involved. You know, if Christians would vote, they'd actually vote their conscience. If they vote the platform, mm-hmm. we could turn the thing around, but they don't because, you know, separation of church and state, this lie, they believe Thomas Jefferson who writes a letter, by the way, to the Danbury Baptist church and says exactly the opposite. Hmm. 
He says exactly the opposite. Are, are Christians not supposed to vote? I'm confused. No, but what they say is that there should be... And how many times have you heard separation of church and state? Right. So so people so take what, that super literal? Well, they, yeah, they just say... What, what Thomas Jefferson meant was that the federal government should never, ever, ever interfere in the affairs of the right, church. Right, right, right? right. So Congress shall make no law that imposes on the exercise of free religion, right? This is in, in our Constitution. It's one of our most preciously held... Uh, uh, freedoms that we have in here in the United States. He mm. wasn't saying that there should never be uh, any form of religion, uh, let's say on Capitol Hill, like prayer. Sure. You know, the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. But you hear all these, you know, the people of the Freedom from Religion Foundation and all the angry atheists. They're a lot like angry vegans, the angry atheists. And <laughs> I have a breakfast sandwich called the angry vegans. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? It's true, though. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so they'll ahead. say, They'll say, oh, separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. You know, so so like they'll say a pastor can't talk about politics from the pulpit. Not true. Not true. Pastors should be talking about what's happening to our country. Mm. You know, but instead they're like, oh yeah, we don't do that. We don't we don't do that. Well, how many people do you think, like, especially with religion, I, I've talked about this a little bit, but I, I feel like, you know, as the world change like we'll just call it re- can religion change with it's your surroundings or like just like the pra- the way people practice certain things or should it be followed like to a T? I'm not a religious person. Well, I'm it depends on what either. you're talking about. So if, if, so for, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. right? So I, I believe in, I believe that uh, what, what God's word says, I believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. So if that changes, then what's the point of doing it? Sure. Right. And so one of the things that is so um, anchoring, I think for me, and for our kids and for my family, really for generations, is we know that the word of God never changes. Jesus said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. But how we, we perceive things don't can change. change is what I mean. Well, so give me an example. Um, well, well, kind of like what you're just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I, I'm not educated enough in certain religions to understand. I'm not the, either. The level. I know mine pretty good. There you go. Because <laughs> I just feel like religion in general, depending on what it is, whatever you choose to believe in, whether it's mm-hmm. Christianity, mm-hmm. Christianity, Mormon, whatever. Yeah. Whether you're freaking Buddhist, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, everything is, is very subjective in a sense of how you are willing to, to receive it. Right. Um, so that, that when you had stated this separation of church and government thing, mm-hmm. how people perceive that is, well, they just need to do their homework because if you actually look at the letter in context, if you look to where the phrase separation of church and state came from, it came from a letter mm-hmm. that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Church. Right. And the whole point was to say the federal government needs to get out of the, the business of the church. That mm-hmm. was basically what he was saying. I mean, you saw the federal government all up in the church's business in COVID, right? Yep, yeah. Absolutely unconstitutional. But because we don't know our history, nobody bats an eye, sure. right? So to me, if you... I feel like we we live in a very, very lazy culture. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do our homework. You know, I'll believe the talking point that I saw on Instagram. Sure. You know, or the or the 30 second reel that went by on TikTok or mm-hmm. whatever it is. We're not paying attention to the history of the country. I mean, you you're watching all over the country now that the Biden administration is taking down statues. They're removing uh, s- statues from our most important uh, historical sites. Well, you erase our history and you got, I mean, not, I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, too much hyperbole here, but you got Nazi Germany. That's what they did. Sure. That's what the Bolsheviks sure. did. We better pay attention. Yeah. So if you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what are we doing? We don't know our history. Everyone should understand where the, the phrase, the separation of church and state came from. Yeah. 
because they're misquoting Thomas Jefferson. Sure. No, you can't do that. Separation of church and state. That's actually not what he meant. Do you want to say on your own merit and in your own belief system there that there should be this separation, whatever you want to call it? But then I like to tell people, how's that working for us? Like we took the Ten Commandments, you know, out of the the city square. How's that working? Thou shall not kill. That's pretty bad. Take that one down. You know, don't cheat on your wife. Ooh, I don't know right. that, you know, that usually works out pretty good. You know, cheat on your well, wife. I, you know what I mean? All that I stuff. Do. This, these things are, these things are foundational to our country, which is founded on Judeo-Christian values. Mm-hmm. I feel like the world doesn't make it easy for everybody to perceive everything. I mean, especially with social media, especially with That's true. the internet, the world yeah. doesn't make it easy for everyone to understand the same way that you or I do. Yeah. Or, you know, any, anyone for that matter. The world right now, like, is against you and against me of understanding anything. That's true. We, they want us to be stupid. There's, there's every how difficult. That's John Taylor Gatto. Yeah. That's dumbing us down. That's absolutely 100%. true. Yeah. And it's like, even even with religion, right? Because I'm I'm again I am the farthest thing from religious in any way. I feel like I. I am, and I've talked about this before. There's no specific reason other than the fact that it doesn't just, religion has never jived with me. I've never Mm -hmm. been, uh, felt connected in any way Mm -hmm. to any specific thing, but my values and what I carry Mm -hmm. are very much that of, so of yours or the next person, you know? Um, I just believe that I believe in something and I don't know what that is. This is the third podcast in a row that I have talked about this. Are you, <laughs> are you watching uh, uh, Russell Brand? Um, you ever, well, no, you I, I was before he got ejected. Um, off of well, Instagram. watch him. He's back on Instagram. Watch him because he's on this kind of this journey of faith. Yeah. And he's talking about all the stuff I've been talking about my whole life. It's kind of crazy. Just well, it watching it him. He's just like, there's a, there's a voice, you know. Like the inside of me goes, I've been, he, so he read a book called Mere Christianity mm. by C.S. Lewis. Uh, powerful. I mean, these are, you know, these books have been around for generations, sure. but he's reading this stuff and he's starting to see things in kind of a different way. And it's interesting to watch the Genesis that's happening in his life right now. But to me, I always ask people, you know, uh, there are people in my family that don't, that would say they don't believe in God and they don't mm-hmm. have an, I would say, you know, just let me know how that's working for you when you're getting close to dying. Well, <laughs> I think I kind of want to know like what, dude, what's going to happen to me after this. Cause there's a soul. Yeah. Separates. And my yeah. husband was a pastor for 20 some odd years. And uh, if you've ever been around and we have many times somebody when they pass away, mm-hmm. you can tell instantly when a soul leaves a body. Mm. Right. Because all of a sudden you're just, you're left with a shell. Yeah, as soon as sure. the life comes out of that body, it's just a shell. Yeah. It was housing a soul. We were, we have a soul. There's a part of us going to mm-hmm. live eternally. I believe. I, I don't disagree you see, with you. You see There's, it in you certainly see it in death for sure. Yes, yes, I agree. It takes those moments, uh, you know, death, marriage, birth, yeah, like yeah. all those yeah, really, really deep big moments mm-hmm. where you you can really see that there is there's something else. And I would say that I'm very, I've become spiritual in a sense that I, I believe there's a higher power. I believe that there is, there's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is helping me. I just don't, and, and I'll figure it out eventually, yeah. either yeah. after I'm dead or, you know, don't before. figure it out. Don't wait till you're but, dead. <laughs> you know, I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> don't wait, but. don't wait till you're dead. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure that I want to, <laughs> I, I would love to know. I don't think that I ever will, but you know, that that's okay. I, I'll, uh, 
you know what? I, I think I that, think that's maybe the difference between me and you. I, cause I believe the Bible and the Bible says you can know, you yeah. know, that there is, there, there is, and we have an ability to know mm. that God isn't hiding from us. I mean, the, the Bible teaches, look around the creation speaks of a creator, sure, sure. right? Uh, no one's going to convince me that there was some, you know, gigantic boom somewhere. And this became, you no. know, that became a seahorse and no. you became a person and that became a gnat. Like there's no way there's a creator. And ha- you know, if you think there's a creator, then having a creator changes everything. If there's a creator, I want to know who it is. Right? That's, that's the thing that I've battled with most. And we can go down this, this, this hole too, if you want. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I battle with not, I have very hard, I've very, I have a hard time trusting yeah. and believing in thing in, in things. I have a very logic based thought. Yeah. yeah. I want the the information. I want the facts. I want to see, right? Yeah. And religion is so much of faith and not yeah, seeing. That's right. Um, and so I that that is my biggest disconnect. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that I, that a lot of change, but I do know that I will I will continue um, wondering, and I will be curious. And I think that's the most important thing for somebody it's to do so in my good. position is to be curious yeah. and and understand. Yeah that anything is possible, which is, is, is nowadays it's, it's crazy Yeah, how, how society has changed, how, you know, artificial intelligence has changed a lot of my opinions on, on so many things, (laughs) you know, you, you can never go down this, you can't go down this simplistic black and white way of life anymore. Well, and I think there's something precious that, that as a Christian, I believe, and that I think you know, I know that I'm loved. Sure. Right. I know I have a creator and he loves me. And I, I believe one day I'm going to know him. I'm going to stand before him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we're here by accident. Years ago, I, I, um, I was flying. I don't know where I was going. I'm always going somewhere. Um, maybe Nashville. <laughs> And speaking for a women's conference, it's really early in the morning. You know how it is. You fly out of PDX and you have to get there at the crack of dawn to make yes. it to the East Coast the worst. <laughs> before dinner. And so it's like, you know, 430 in the morning, I'm boarding a plane. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I sit down to the uh, next to the most gregarious, you know, no. morning person on the face of the earth. And I mean, I got on the plane with the headset on <laughs> and everyone on knows and like, this is the universal sign for do not talk to me. Right. Oh. It is. I sit down. And he goes, how are you? I was like, oh, <laughs> I go, I'm good. I'm, I'm like, what's good, shorty? You know, right. we're good. All right. He's like, OK, yeah, well, he goes, where are you going? I mean, we're all going to the same place. We're like. On a plane. <laughs> so it's I don't. generic him. question you could ask on a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are where, you going? Where, where, are you, where are you headed? I mean, I suppose, you know, I had a connection, I suppose, you know, final destinations and all that. And so I'm, you know, I started to tell him a little bit about kind of who, you know, where I'm going. And uh, I figure if I don't want to get into a conversation with somebody on an airplane, there's a couple things I avoid. I don't, I try really hard not to tell him I have seven kids because there's going to be a million questions. I definitely don't want to talk about homeschooling, mm. right? Those, those two things for sure, because one thing will always lead to another. And I'm thinking, how surfacey can we keep this conversation, right? And so he says, you know, wh- where are you going? I tell him, you know, wherever I was heading. And he goes, oh, what are you doing there? And I said, oh, you know, I'm, I speak and stuff. <laughs> and he goes, really? He goes, he goes, no way. Get out of town. He goes, what are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. And I said, it's 430 in the morning. And I was like, well, I talk about, you know, faith and the intersection of faith and culture and kind of where right. those things can sort of collide. And he goes, wow, that he goes, that's amazing. He goes, uh, you're going to buy stuff. Do you have kids? And I was like. 
Yep. Yep. Oh, no. He's like, that's rad. He goes, how many kids you have? And like this point, like I'd take off my my headphones and I'm Here wrapping the cord like it's over. Kicking my kicking my headphones underneath my seat. I said, I have seven kids. And he goes, no way. I did not know people in Portland were still doing that. <laughs> and Dude. I, was like, I was like, yeah. And he goes, where do they go to school? Because that's always the oh, next gosh. question, right? And I was like... Well, I homeschool them. And he was like, oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you. And I'm like, I'm sure that you do. I'm sure, I'm sure that you do. I'm, it's like finding Heidi St. John at the airport, you know, this mother yeah. of seven who homeschooled them is like finding a unicorn, sure. you know? So you got to ask all the questions. And so the first thing, I mean, the, the wheels, I mean, the wheels are not even, we're on the runway. And the guy goes, I got so many questions for you. He goes, do you mind if I just, do you mind if I ask? And I'm like, no, nope. I'm my life's an open book. And he goes, what do you think about gay marriage? right out of the chute wow wheels up you can hear him kind of going up under the plane and i'm like how do i get off this plane how do i oh, get no. off this plane and i said well i said uh can we talk about can i introduce myself before we like jump into the like you know the deep end of you know and he said oh yeah absolutely and so we're coming you know starting to just just take off over portland and i can see the city lights and i look down up the window and i said have you ever been to the portland zoo and he's looking at me like, why do you, why? I mean, what does this have to do with gay marriage? But okay. You know, he goes, uh, he goes, oh yeah. And I said, I've been at Portland Zoo a lot. And he goes, yeah, with seven kids. I bet you live at the Portland Zoo. I said, yep, I did for many years. I said, you know, they have a hissing Madagascar cockroaches at the Portland Zoo. They have a brand new insect exhibit right now. And he goes, oh, no, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. American Wolf is there. Did you know that? And he's like, yeah, I think I knew that. I said, Packy the elephant, he's dead. Packy. We loved Packy, but. He's gone. They have a new elephant now. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I said, yeah. I said, you know, ever notice, because we're flying now into the sunrise. Mm-hmm. I said, do you ever notice that the sun comes up at just the right time every day? And it goes down at just the right time. You can you can count on it. With I mean, we can we could set our lives by when the sun's going to come up and when the sun's going to go down. Ever mm-hmm. notice the sun just far enough away from the earth that we don't burn up and just close enough that we don't freeze? He was like, yeah. I said, I, I said, I, I'm sorry. I just, I cannot believe that there was some big bang somewhere and out of some, or out of some primordial, you know, universal ooze, something crawled out and that became an amoeba. And this became a hissing Madagascar cockroach. And that became a, um, an, an American wolf. And that became Packy the elephant. You became you and I became me. And the sun comes up at just the right time every day and goes down at just the right time every day. I said, I'm sorry. I've, I've had the privilege of holding seven newborn babies in my arms. It's a miracle every single time. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that that just happened. Can you believe it? And he goes, I'm having a harder time. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because it takes faith, dude. It takes faith. It takes faith to believe you crawled out of some prim- primordial ooze somewhere. And what's the difference between a mosquito and a hissing Madagascar cockroach and a pack of the elephant and you? <laughs> well, God said in his word, I made you in the image of God. Sure. That as a human being, there's something special about you. You have dominion over the animals. There's something special about you. Mm-hmm. You're not like the animals, no matter what the vegans say, right? <laughs> you can go, I saw I saw some vegans on Instagram. I'm not even joking you, dude. I saw some vegans on Instagram. The other is my favorite thing. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go. Yeah. Before you, before so you go, on, go on to this. Okay. Don't let me forget because it's this so good. This guy asked you, if, you if it was, if what do you think about gay marriage? Yeah. And oh, you went oh. on this tangent. I did. Oh, because I'm. Get, I'll get around to how. I'll get around to where I was going. Okay. So I said, I said, can you believe it? He's like, I'm having a harder time. And I said, I believe I have a creator, and having a creator changes everything. Okay. So I said, I 
I, I took my kids to outdoor school a couple mm -hmm. years ago, right? And then they taught me how to do pottery, and I suck at it, right? So I worked really hard. It's a lot harder. Like, the pottery wheel, a lot harder, and they make it look, right? Right, right. I mean, I pay 50 bucks now for a bowl, because I know that did not just happen. <laughs> so I'm making this thing, and I'm gonna, it's, this thing is ugly as sin, but I made it. Yeah. I'm going to give it to my daughter for Christmas, and she's going to feel guilty. She won't be able to throw it away, because her mom made that for her, and it might hurt my feelings, and I might be suicidal if she gave it away. So I'm going to give it to her. This is why you guys do this. This right? is why this happens. This is why I have... That's why. Yes. Okay. Now you know. And I said, I made that. I made that pot. So I'm going to give it to her with instructions. If you put it in the oven over 400 degrees, it's going to break. If you keep it in a sink full of dirty dishwater overnight, you'll degrade it and it will break. Mm -hmm. How do I know that? Because I made it. Because I know okay. what's best for it. Because I know what's going to be good for that thing, what's going to extend its life, and what's going to ruin it. And if I have a creator, and I know that I do, and Austin, you know that you do. You know you have a creator. I do. So... He knows what's best for me. And he said, I made you male and female in my image. For this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife. He says in his word, what's good for you and what brings life and what will injure and harm you. Mm -hmm. And he says, we weren't created for homosexuality. And so I said, you're never going to see me. I mean, I have friends who are gay. I'm, I'm not angry at you. I'm not going to call you names in the grocery store, or make fun of you. I just think you're hurting yourself because sure. you weren't, you weren't created for that. Sure. Sure. And so that's why I went on the tangent because you can't just tell somebody, Oh yeah. Hey, I'm not for gay marriage. Cause all of a sudden you're a bigot and a hater and a homophobe and all right, the things. Right, right, right. And I'm none of those. And things. you're in Portland, Oregon, by the Come way. Come on. Like, <laughs> Dude, I mean, I was born in downtown Portland, by the way, at Best Kaiser. Wow. So I, nobody, nobody's no, nobody knows Portland like homegirl here. Killing me. But I will tell you that we ended up having like a three and a half hour awesome conversation. That's really cool. This guy who comes from a completely different worldview than I do, sees things differently, gave me his phone numbers like, dude, I'd like to have dinner with your family sometime. That's cool. You know, because we're missing something. Right. If there's nothing out there, if we're all just if we're all just a bunch of animals that have evolved, this is why our kids are hurting so bad right now. If we're nothing more than an accident of nature, then who really cares? If you're nothing more than an accident of nature, then go ahead, abort your kid. Cause you know, that kid's nothing more than a, than another accident, just like you are. Maybe could have been an animal in another life. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Right. We know that life has intrinsic value. It does. And yeah. so we should be protecting sure. life. And all of those things come from a worldview that stems from the fact that I know that I have a creator. And when you know you have a creator, it changes everything. I want to know who made me. Because if I, if it's true that I had a creator, then surely he knows what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Surely he knows where I'm come, where I came from, and surely he knows where I'm going. I want to find out. On that, on that, I I do want to find out. I do. I think the the biggest thing. I mean, I, yeah, I'll I'll keep telling you, but purpose <laughs> is what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people in, um you know, who, who choose to dive into religion, um, are searching for that purpose are searching for that, the understanding of yeah. why am I here? What yeah. am I meant to do? Yeah. And I don't, did you know you're not an ape? No. I no. mean, yes, I do. I do. I know I'm not an ape, No. but I, I have found like, like I'm okay, you know? And I feel like a lot of people, and maybe I could be better uh, it w I'm trying to think of, of all these caveats of why not. I know it's not that I have a problem with choosing to believe in something. I'm yeah. just very like, I feel like I, I have a purpose. I feel like I know what that purpose is. You know, um, I'm here to help people. I'm yeah. here to be open-minded. I'm here 
to explore and be curious. Yeah. And I, that's where it's me ended too, up right? with me here. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know what? I'm going to dive into this because this is the third podcast in a row that somehow I get stuck on the religion topic. <laughs> and I'm okay with it because I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, clearly, uh, that's obviously why it keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm also this weird spot in my life where I, I almost like you, I hit a low, like a really, really low, low a few months back. Mm-hmm. The lowest I've ever been in my entire life. And it it really put me in this position to either count on myself or count on something because I couldn't count on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to make that choice. And I chose to take action and count on myself. Um, because I didn't have anything else, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't, I wasn't, wasn't, I don't know what, I didn't know what I was searching for. Um, but I found purpose, which was really cool. And, and I talked about this on the last show with Dr. Brady. That's why I wanted to, inter- you, he's funny and you should have him on I your show. But, it. um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was cool because I feel like in those low moments, in those moments of kind of just being lost, you, you, you have to find something. Mm-hmm. And so off my tangent here, religion is never out of the question. I will always be curious, um, but I don't know that I'll ever make a decision on something until... It's an interesting thing when you look, you know, all the, the major world religions, like all those guys are dead. Muhammad's dead. You know, Joseph, uh, you know, what's, her, what's his name? The Mormon guy. He's dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Mormon guy. The Mormon I guy. I was going to say Joseph Stalin, but then we're back to communism. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but Jesus is not dead. He's the only one that claimed to have come back to life. There's a great book. You should totally check it out. It's called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Okay. Really great. Just hop on over to. I'm a bad reader. The dude. communist uh, platform that is Amazon. <laughs> Pick that up. That's got to be. Uh... So anyway, I'm, I'm a I'm... free market girl, though. So go Amazon. Go, go fight win. Do, do you? <laughs> you do. You. Do you think you it's? Do you, uh, <laughs> do you think it's possible? Well, how do you? Your life is so intertwined in politics at this point. Like, how do yeah. you not like intertwine it, or how does it not affect every aspect of, it? or does it? Like with people, people number one rule in business mm-hmm. is to not. Well, that I've learned is to not introduce introduce politics into your business. Yeah. How the heck? Do you do that? <laughs> well, uh, part of my business is speaking. Okay. Um, and so I think people are drawn, at least it's been my experience. It was an accident. I never meant to be an author. I never meant to be a speaker. I wasn't interested in any of those things. Um, I, I filled in for somebody one day okay. and she didn't show up. And I was, I was doing a, um, was hosting, I was organizing a conference and, on homeschooling and this woman didn't show up. And so the leadership was like, hey, you know, could you fill in? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I am the name tag girl. I do not do that. I do not speak. And and my husband was like, no, you should give it, just, you know, give it a try. Give it a try. So I spoke, you know, maybe half an hour. Nervous as all get out. My legs were shaking. I was like, what am I doing? It was like 300 women in this seminar. They didn't come to hear me. They came to hear the chick that didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, uh, my husband walked up to me and goes, I had no idea you could do that. You should do that some more. And before I knew it, I was getting invited to speak in Bellevue and then speak in Seattle and then down in Arizona and pretty soon Tennessee. And now I speak all over the place. And then uh, I started a blog when my kids were little 
you know, blogging wasn't even really a thing. There was a site called Zanga. Nobody will remember a site called Zanga. And Never you could, heard of it. Yeah, because nobody's gone now. Right. But it was like one of the original, you know, the Blog original sites. WordPress kind of a sure. thing. And I was writing on there and eventually, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know what happened. People started following me. I think that people are drawn to people who will just say, tell the truth, you know, wrestling with something, tell the truth. Like I think in, in homeschooling circles for sure. When I said I was abused as a child and really struggled, I mean, I was on antidepressant medication for probably 20 years. Um, the anxiety just, I, I think when you're, when you're beaten as a child, when you're, you know, knocked down the stairs like I was and, you know, beaten to within an inch of your life, it hardwires your brain when you're little, you know? So, so my brain was sort of hardwired for trauma mm -hmm. and I could not get out of that fight or flight mode. So, you know, somebody drops a can of tomatoes in my house and I just through the roof, you know, just instantly shaking instantly. That was my, that was just my reaction. Yeah. And when I talked about it on the, on uh, a couple of radio shows and people would interview me, I think they were just so shocked that a, a woman who says that she is a Christian would admit to being on anti-anxiety medicine to admit to the things that I had said that I had struggled with. And it resonated with people. I think they're looking for authenticity, yeah, you know, that's it. so can we please be authentic? And it's hard to find in the world right now because Very. everyone's hiding behind something. And God's been really good to me. I always tell people I was 19 when I married him, about as broken as a 19-year-old girl could be. I was broken physically, broken emotionally, broken spiritually. And my relationship with the one who made me has been the foundational piece in my life that has kept me going a particular direction. And that and my relationship with my husband. And I think, you know, we were we were born, we were created for relationship and you are really good at this. All right. You're good at drawing things out of other people. It's a gift that's inside. It's a gift. Like sure. not everyone can do it. Not everyone mm -hmm. can sit down and uh, on the other side of a microphone and just have a, a conversation. chill conversation that other people would want to hear, yeah. but that's in you. Right. And sure. it's in you for a reason. And so uh, to me, you know, I have always felt like this piece of me and just like the piece of you you know, you say we're kind of looking for something. I always think it's there. Like I always tell parents, you know, your number one job is to look and see where is this child that God just gave me? Where is he folded? Mm -hmm. You know, where is he bent rather? So I can fold him along the bend. Right. So I can help him be better at what he was naturally gifted to do. Right. Right. So it's, I always think it's funny. I went to a, a private Christian high school, a private school when I was in Portland. Uh, I went to Portland Christian. And all my report cards, dude. Kindergarten. Heidi's a great kid. She talks too much. First grade. <laughs> Heidi's really sweet. I had to remove her from Sharon because they keep talking. Heidi and Sharon. They can't sit together. Third grade. Heidi and Sharon. Nope. Can't sit next to Sharon. Nope. Fourth grade. Same thing. Great student. She talks too much. No one ever said, I wonder if you might be a teacher. Right? It was in me. Sure. And Telling you all along. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have a feeling it's probably in you as well. And you can kind of look back and you see the markers. And so I'm always encouraging parents, you know, look and see the, that thing that's annoying you about your kid <laughs> might just be the thing that they are born to do, Yeah, you know, and the thing that they're, that's, that's going to bring them the greatest joy. And I think that's what I love about this platform. And I think that's why I have 23 million downloads on my podcast. It's just You're a real. willingness You're to real. be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's so hard to find nowadays. You hit it such on, on like hit the nail on the head. 
with I think it's what people are craving, especially right now. Yeah. Especially AI right now. and all these phony fake politicians yeah. and these fake doctors who lie to you. They're looking for someone who at least if they don't know the answer can say, gosh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's willing, not a bad willing thing. to be wrong. Yeah. It's okay yeah, to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. I loved it when you said, you want to come on the failure podcast? And I was like, yeah. dude, now there is something I know something about. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's true. Man. That's, you know, I had, I had somebody message me today. Um, and she was, I, I didn't even realize it. Like, cause this, this podcast was made because I freaking like, I, I, I started a business and I, I lost everything. Yeah. Uh, in six months I lost everything. Like I have all of my money, all of my friends, my family, yeah, like all yeah. the, you put it I into failed, the thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like I, and I displayed all of it every, I couldn't hide anything mm-hmm. anymore. So I realized I didn't want to hide anything anymore. And there's value in struggle. And I've been doing this since day so, one with our failures. Like teacher. With devs. Yeah. It's like anytime something bad would happen, I was like, you know what? I'm going to show people that I can conquer this with a positive attitude and that I can make it through it. And that nothing, what you see on social media is not Come real. On. It's so right. It's fake. It's so all fake. fake. If, the, if you have the dude next to you, Who's going, hey, I'm happily married to my wife. We don't ever argue. I have four beautiful kids. They are all straight A students. And I make $100,000 a year. Yeah, I don't want to know you. Versus the guy who goes like, yo, dude, just pissed off my wife. Yeah. And uh, she's really mad at me right now. Um, My kid crapped his pants three minutes ago. I'm cleaning that one off of, you know, the ground because it went everywhere. And, you know, I just lost my job. Who are you going to believe? Yeah, that guy. About what's real, you know? Right. You're going to believe you're going to believe the guy that is willing to put themselves on a pedestal that is not of perfection. Yeah. And he taught me this. Yeah. He t- I didn't even realize this, dude. I said this kid sat in front of me, Carter, I'm talking about. And he's he, talking about you, yo. We inter- I interviewed him about the things that he's learned and just where he wanted to be in life. And he goes, he goes, I said, who's your role model? And he goes, you. Made almost made me cry, dude. Still, I watched the clip and I bawled after I made it. It was, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it was ridiculous. It makes me emotional thinking about it. But he looked at me and he goes, You think that? uh, Because I said, Well, why would you, why me? Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I just had to quit drinking because I couldn't handle myself. Mm -hmm. I fail all the time. Like, why? He goes, You think that, that a role model? should be perfect yeah i can't make mistakes come on and i was like oh, it's good to just yeah, <clears throat> it's turn good. that shit yeah and it was it was a cool moment for me because now i've i've I, and so many people have messaged me i've got so many messages on the internet yeah. since creating this that people are like the only thing that i love about this is like i not the only thing but like what draws me most is the fact that you are willing to be open and honest about everything that happens and exploit your imperfections. Bro. That's why people like uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's why they like Jordan Peterson. Right. Right. Which Canada's getting ready to strip his his license from him. Right. And he's just terrible. like it's terrible. But he's he's letting everybody in. Yeah. You know. They're brutally just, honest. Yeah. Just be just that that you know brutally honest. I think that uh, when I started homeschooling our kids, something I thought I would never do. I was like, what woman in her right mind? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> want to keep her kids home all day when a yellow bus come <laughs> take them away for free really uh and and just the the impact that that decision made it changed the trajectory of our family when we pulled our daughter out of public school in Oregon it just changed the the direction our family was going and i remember at that time thinking i would give anything to have another homeschool mom 
just let me sit in her house and just watch. Yeah. But they wouldn't because nobody wanted anybody else to see what a rough day they were having or that their mm. kid just spilled the, spilled the Fruit Loops and crawled through it and, yeah. you know, all the things. And uh, so when I finally got a platform, which happened by accident, everything happens to me by accident. Uh, me too. It's okay. Right. <laughs> it's usually how it's supposed to work. It's I think. crazy. When I finally got a platform, I, I just wanted to be real with it. Yeah. And I think it resonates with people. No, yeah. keep it real. It's, it's, it's also though, it's, it goes down to that courage thing that we were talking about earlier. It takes a lot of courage to be real. It um, does. But people, what people don't understand is on the other end of that is relief mm-hmm. and like this overwhelming sense to want more of it mm-hmm. like if you can face fear you could be courageous mm-hmm. and you can succeed at something at the other end of that is freedom like yes, from yourself dude, yeah it's and true. that is so contagious like well, you're contagious. not hiding anymore no, you know that's what and i mean i think too you know because i've written uh i have a best-selling book over at tendale it's called becoming mom strong how to fight with all that's in you for your family and your faith and i was giving a speech about that one time when I, when I just felt like I was supposed to share this story and it's too long to tell today, but it's just a really poignant, uh, memory that I have of, of growing up and it's a painful memory. And I was surprised that it was so, so, so in the front of my mind as I'm standing in front of, you know, 700 people Right. when that thing was over. And a lot of times I'll stand and I'll sign books for an hour or whatever. Dude, the line went out the door of people that wanted to just say hello or get a book signed. And I think it's because everybody's broken in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I think I just told him, listen, if, if God could give Heidi St. John, a woman who cannot keep houseplants alive and came from a ridiculously broken, screwed up, abusive home and asked me to homeschool, homeschool those kids. And now six of them are grown, Mm -hmm. right? I only have one, one, one child left at home. Then Goodness, if he can do it in my life, he can certainly do it in your life. For sure. And I and what I came from, the place I came from, that brokenness and that sorrow that really defined my relationship with my dad until he died two years ago, it doesn't it doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I know who I am. And I think that is and when when we can if you if that's something that I can uh pass on to somebody else, it's life changing. Yeah, right. it's no life changing. It's amazing. Heidi, it's been amazing talking to you. Absolutely amazing. I'm so thankful that. Yeah, we I, went all over the place. Dude, yeah, we, which is fine. I, <laughs> um, the people are going to love it. Everybody's going to love it. Um, I want one, I want to thank you uh, tremendously from the bottom of my heart. Like you didn't have to take the time out of your day to do this, but it means the world to me. Where can people find your stuff? Where can people find you on, oh, man. on your podcast, social media? Yeah, well, my podcast is called Off the Bench with uh, with Heidi St. John. Um, if if women, especially if they're interested in studying the Bible with me, I have a, a subscription service. I have a couple thousand people going through. Uh, right now we're going through the, the book of Esther, studying Queen wow. Esther. Um, that's over at Faith That Speaks. Okay. Because I like to ask women, if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? Uh, they can find me. I mean, I'm lit up as you can imagine, like a Christmas tree online. So uh, just HeidiStJohn.com. But yeah, definitely the, the podcast, check it out. If they're interested in the Homeschool Resource Center, because I'm hoping you got a lot of local peeps that listen to this show. Yeah. Um, we are changing the way that uh, we see education in Washington State. And what we're doing here in Vancouver has become a model for the rest of the country. That's awesome. So uh, if you're interested in getting your kids out of the woke, broken, ideologically upside down and backward government school system, hook me up. 
Right. We'll we'll go. Pay, we're going to come Scotty. pay you a visit because and I'll, I'll make sure that we uh, we. Film Dude, we're it, doing a so. marriage conference. Oh, by the time this airs, it might not. It'll might be over. But you guys should totally check it out. It's called we Laugh will. Your Way to a Better Marriage. I love it. I would love it's gonna to be, check that out. It's going to be lit. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be lit. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Marriage. Marriage should Heidi be lit. St. John. If, guys, we'll wrap this up here. But if you have not hit the subscribe button, if you are not you know, following us on the gram, that is where realistically you're going to find majority of these beautiful clips. Follow us on Spotify. Whatever you got to do. Just hit the buttons for me. I know that I don't. I think it's increasing. It's going down. But the percent of you that are not listening to this that aren't subscribed is go, is going down. Um. Anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate you, and uh, wouldn't be here today if it was not for you. So, tune in next week. We'll see you then. Later.